You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What's up, 12s? This is Michael Bumpus along with Nash and Chobie, and this is Hawk Talk Recap Edition. The Seahawks beat the 49ers 37-27, to a double-digit win. Something we ain't used to. But before we talk about other specifics, let's get into the trenches with Ray Roberts. It's right. time to go inside the trenches with former Seahawk Ray Roberts. What up, Ray? What's up, big dog? How you doing? No, six and one victory Monday. Life is good, man. So let's let's get right into it. Now, sure. running back wise, the Seahawks are banged up, right? Chris Chris Carson's gone. Homer's gone. You still have Penny, who's working his stuff out. You had to rely on rookie DJ Dallas. What did you see out of the young fella? You know what I saw, uh, you know, I was thinking about this uh, this morning, and I didn't really think it through this way yesterday, but all of the production from the running back position was out of the game. I mean, every, you know, most of the, you know, probably 99% of the yardage gained and all that, the scoring from the running back position was out of the game. And so to be down to one running back uh, who's a rookie, who's a late-round draft pick, uh, you know, and still trying to just learn how to be a pro in a shortened preseason and all that kind of stuff. There was a lot on his shoulders, and the numbers are not spectacular, but you can see his confidence grow as the game went on, his ability to, to put his foot in the ground and find the hole and just kind of get the yardage that was there, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and, and pick up yards that way, the fact that he scored two touchdowns so the production from that position uh you know from a yard yards perspective may not have been what you wanted but from the putting points on the board perspective it was right in line with what the what the guys have been doing uh that were playing in front of him Carson and and Carlos Hyde and the guys and so I was really pleased at not just his approach to the day but also the Seahawks approach to the day so they didn't really uh shy away from continuing to uh, use the run as a threat. And I think that was important to uh, to the Seahawks really overcoming all of the absences uh, they had uh, on the offense. So uh, throwing shorter passes, uh, still, you know, handing the ball off to the rookie, letting him kind of get a feel for, for the game and what he could do and what he could provide for that day. Uh, I thought, you know, that it was a pretty good approach. It was effective, even though it wasn't, like I said, spectacular but it was effective into allowing them to play the type of offense they wanted to play. Yeah, I'm with you, Ray. I think people get caught up in the numbers, right? He didn't rush for 100 yards. He didn't do this, but what he did do was score two touchdowns. He contributed yeah. in the pass game, and then he, he scored a run, too. But that's kind of like what Chris Carson has been doing this far, uh, so far this year anyway, right? Not big numbers, but he's getting into the uh, end zone. Well, I, I know at one point Carson was averaging right around 13 carries and around 60 yards a game. And so the fact that uh, uh, DJ Dallas, uh, you know, he had 18 carries for, for 41 yards, that's still kind of right in the same vein of what they were asking Chris Carson to do. 
you know, obviously Chris at this point in his career is a bigger threat running the ball and, and breaking tackles and, and, and really playing physical game. But then in the passing game, you know, Chris, the first handful of touchdowns uh, he had this year were, were reception. And so then D, DJ was able to come in and, and replicate that as well. And so uh, for, for a guy who, like uh, Pete said, was taking – they had to slow him down from taking all the reps in practice uh, this week uh, for it to be his first start, for him to be able to have to carry that much responsibility, I thought that he, that he represented himself well. And, I, and, and then even on top of that, I feel like the Seahawks showed confidence uh, in what they're capable of doing on offense and what he can bring to the to the table to help them do that. So I was I was really pleased with with the with the game plan once they got it going. I'm with you, way. I, I was pleased as well. I was also pleased with the play of this offensive line. They're missing Mike Upati for the second straight game. What improvements have they made this year as opposed to last year? Well, to me, they are younger and they're more athletic. Uh, you know, like um, DJ Fluker uh, is a is a great dude, like straight line blocker. If we're just going to maul people and just make it a physical, you know, not worry about your technique type of game, but just get your man type of game, he's perfect for that. Uh, Yupati is the same way. He's not as athletic as he used to be. He's more of a uh, of a mauler. Uh, but now you have dudes in Aaron Simmons, who's an athletic, big, strong dude. Uh, Damian Lewis, who is uh, a spectacular. Uh, rookie guard who is like Pete said, they stuck him in with the starting group from at the first day of camp, and he hasn't looked back, and he's just kept get he keeps getting better and better and better. And then at the right tackle spot, um, you know, with uh, Shell over there, this is just way more consistency. Obviously, you guys know that I love Jermaine Effetti. Uh Like I've always been a fan of his, and I and I wish him well. I talked to him a lot, uh, but he was just really inconsistent over there. You didn't know what you're going to get. You didn't know if you're, you're going to get the big, strong, dominating uh, a Fetty or the one that had that was riddled in penalties or missed assignments or what have you. Uh, and so Shell has really done a really good job quietly of just calming that side of the ball down. And uh, and so I, I think that out of all the offensive linemen, he might be the one that's been overlooked the most just because he's been so steady. And then Kosick, I think, has benefited from uh, being healthy but also playing between two guards that can really play football, that can that can really, like, shore up his weaknesses as it relates to like some of the power uh that he brings to the table he's always going to be a great technician he's always going to be able to communicate uh you know uh to the the quarterback and offensive line where they're going and with the linebackers and this that and the other thing his biggest question had always just been playing with that kind of power and strength and so he's getting to that place where he's able to do that also with the help of these two guards and so you know if you look at the pro football focus ratings We've had more linemen in the top ten uh, grades uh, in these first, you know, six or seven games than they had all of last year. You know, last last week I think uh, in the top ten tackles for uh, win rate and pass protection, uh, Shell was number ten. Dwayne Brown was somewhere like in four or five. Uh, at one week with the with the run blocking success, Damian Lewis was like in the was in the top five, you know, guards in that situation. So already kind of establishing himself as one of the more uh, productive guards in the league, you know, and then Posick has just been done. And, you know, Dwayne Brown is Dwayne Brown. And then, and then Posick has just been doing a really steady job of holding, holding down the middle of that offense, which a lot of times in pass protection, that is maybe the most important piece. So when the, these outside rushers are closing in on the quarterback and he can step up and still have room to throw the ball, that is all the doings of the, the, of the center and the two guards. And they've done a great job with that. 
Well, that is refreshing to hear, right? Because we know these last, what, few years have been rough on this offensive line, and they've been getting a lot of criticism. So it's nice to hear that they are producing and they're taking turns. They're not, like, dependent on one guy. Granted, everyone has to be consistent on that line, but it's nice to hear that guys are stepping up. Now let's talk about DK Metcalf. Best game of his career on Sunday, and that's following a performance by Tyler Lockett the week before where he had 15 catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. How nice is it to have a one-two combo where you don't know where the ball is going to go? Each week, it can be someone else leading the charge. Well, I think it's awesome. And if you're Russell Wilson, uh, you know, you have to just be in heaven because for so long, you know, you may have only had, you know, you know one guy that you were really relying heavily on, whether it was uh, Doug Baldwin or, you know, it became Tyler Lockett for a while before DK came. And now, really, truly, you have three or four receivers uh, that he can, you know, he can throw it to the open dudes. So you have DK Metcalf, you have uh, Tyler Lockett, you have uh, 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 David Moore, you have um, Wayne, uh, then you have the running back side of the backfield. So from a from a passing offense perspective, uh, I mean, Russell Wilson is in heaven right now. And then you have a guy like DK who can take, you know, a seven-yard any pass. You throw to him, no, no matter what the distance, he can take it to the house, you know. And 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 I will be the first to say that, uh, you know, I don't know that I was a big fan of DK Metcalf before they drafted him just based on what I saw, like, in college. He looked like a one-receiver, um, a one-route type of dude. He seemed to be injured quite a bit. He wasn't winning a whole lot of the contested uh, 50-50 jump balls. Uh, just wasn't really using his size the way I thought he should use it. But, man, this dude has come in and done nothing but outwork every single person and to, to, to build himself into a really complete receiver. Even you noticed, like yesterday, where he was using his hands, catching the ball, as opposed to using his body and his arms. So every single week, this dude is showing you something different that he's improved on, that you can tell he's been working on, and that and then also just shows his determination to be the best. And right now, if you look around the league, you cannot tell me – you can't point to one receiver and say – that dude is 100% better than DK Metcalf. That dude is right up there in the conversation with all the, with all the, the receivers. And he's catching the, the long, you know, go routes. He's catching slant routes. He's catching those deep ends, like deep outs. Like he's doing it all. And uh, so the dude has really worked himself into quite the receiver. And, and it just has to be awesome for, for uh, a guy like Russell to go like, well, you know, today – you know, if they're taking away DK, DK, then Tyler can put up 150. If they're taking away Tyler, then you know maybe you know Moore can get get a 70 or 80 yards and a touchdown. So it's just it's just great to be able to break the huddle and know that you can just throw it to the open dude and you have a lot of dudes that get open. It's nice to have those weapons on offense. Now let's quit the offensive love affair. This defense needs some attention. They probably played the best game they have all year in the third quarter. I believe they held uh, the 49ers to under four yards, under four yards in the third quarter. Yes, they gave up a lot of yards in the fourth, but I feel like they were more in a prevent type defense. Don't let them score the big play. Give them a lot of space. What do you see out of this defense, right? You know, what I saw was Bobby Wagner. I, you know, like this defense, even when, you know, the Legion of Boom was back there during their thing, the real heart, the heartbeat and like, you know, like I would say temperature check on this defense was always Bobby Wagner. He was a, he was a dude in the middle calling the plays, orchestrating that he's a quarterback on, on defense, uh, you know, and, and in particular in the front seven is where he, you know, obviously does all his work. And so the thing that I really like is that you could see, 
the bubbling of frustration in Bobby Wagner after every game and having to answer all the questions about all the yardage and what are you going to do and how are you going to do it. And then last week for him to really just come out and like vent some of his frustrations and say what needs to happen, but then to actually go into the, into the game and make that happen, to look like the Bobby Wagner that we know that, uh, that he's capable of, like the top linebacker uh, in the league, the 99 uh, Madden rating, the, the gold cleats that you get for doing all that stuff. All of that Bobby Wagner showed up. Uh, yesterday, the way he his effectiveness, effectiveness and blitzing the quarterback, like I was saying, like he was always good for four or five sacks a year. Yesterday, he looked like that dude where he had good moves. He doesn't just rush and run into running backs or centers. He rushes with a plan and, and uses his hands and uh, does pass rush moves. And he was able to get uh, you know a couple sacks yesterday and a lot of pressures on the quarterback. And that set the tempo for the entire defense to me. And uh, and you know Dave, I mean. Uh, Paul Moyer had him as his key hawk, and, and he showed up as the key hawk because he set the tempo for the whole day. And so then you look at the rest of the defense and, uh, you know, all the missing pieces that were there. Trey Flowers probably had one of his more solid games uh, of his career here. Uh, the kid Reed came in off the bench and got an interception against uh, his old team and also got some pressure on the uh, quarterback the way he was blitzing off the side. Sullivan. Uh, O'Sullivan, uh, the, the kid that um, uh, that was a tight end receiver, now they moved into a defensive end, first play of the game uh, of his of, of his play. He gets in on the tackle in the backfield. So there was a lot of people that kind of took the challenge from Bobby Wagner and showed up and played football. And I think you couldn't ask for any, of, any better performance than what they did yesterday. I'm with you, Ray. It was a complete team win. You had a turnover on special teams. You had the defense get after the quarterback, and then you had the same old recipe on offense with Russell Wilson leading the charge, and you had a rookie running back really make his debut. It was fun to see, as usual, Big Ray. Appreciate you taking time out of your day. I appreciate it, man. And just one other just shout-out to to uh, to this Shotty because he's done a really good job of uh, commanding the offense and calling these plays. Uh, picking the right plays at the right time, targeting, you know, finding ways to get DK open when he was kind of shut down last week, finding ways to get uh, the ball to Tyler Lockett's hand, including uh, David Moore uh, in the offense. I just think he's done a really good job of orchestrating the offense this year. Big ups to Shoddy. Appreciate you, Ray. Yes, sir. All right, now we know that the Hawks beat the 49ers 37 to 27. But now we're going to dig into it and tell you exactly what happened. What had happened, Nas? See, what had happened at first was. What happened was. What had happened was. On Hawk Talk. What had happened was, Bump, what happened was the Seahawks came out and showed they are on a path to own the NFC West, beating the 49ers 37-27. And let me tell you something, man. The way that game started, I was not comfortable. It was rough. I mean, Arizona game, the offense came out guns blazing, went down the field, one of the best drives you're ever going to see to start a game. This week, it was back-to-back drives, coming up third and 18, third and 22. The offense just looked completely out of sync starting the game. But, man, they tore it up after that, scoring on six of their next eight drives. But, bump, it's all about the defense today. The defense has been getting crucified all season long. (laughs) If I hear someone talk about how we're the worst defense in the history of the NFL one more time. I'm going to throw Nass, something through the window. stats say they are, though, Nass. I know but what the st- stats say. <laughs> it just drives me insane because these guys are too good, but it was great to see them come out and show, at least through three quarters, what they can yeah. be despite how many guys weren't playing. 
Yeah, I loved the aggressiveness on defense, the stunts, the blitzes. I mean, I, I think I heard Brock Kewer say this morning that they pressured on 54% of their snaps. I think that's what you have to do with this defense. You have to find a way. If you're not able to get after the quarterback with four guys, send five, six, seven, and rely on this back end to get her done. You mentioned that the first two series were rough. Your first play is a negative play. Then you try to throw a screen. That's a negative play. You're backed up. When you're backed up inside your five, your playbook shrinks. You go from this, this big Bible of plays mm-hmm. to a cliff notes <laughs> set of plays that you have. So that has, has to be tough on Shadi. At that point, you're just trying to get positive yards and switch the field with a Michael Dickinson punt. Yeah, no, like you said, it's tough. You can come in the game, you can have every play scripted for that first drive, and you get a negative play, then you get a holding call, and you come up second and 18. It's hard to, it's hard to keep going. But uh, more on that defense, um, the final number, 350 yards given up. Okay, that's not horrible. That's not great either. But it, it really doesn't tell the whole story. It ain't story. 400. It's not 400. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is definitely not. It was still their best performance. But through three quarters, I mean, the score is 27 to 7. They were dominating. That was the first time I've seen all year the opposing offense completely out of what they wanted to do and just looked flustered. Yeah, one pass defended last week against the Arizona Cardinals. Five passes defended this week against the 49ers, and they didn't throw it as much. That is refreshing. You got guys like DJ Reed making plays. Trey Flowers Mm -hmm. had a game. This was the type of game Trey Flowers needed. People are so ready to give give up on this dude. I'm like, come on, man. You, you don't just – there's no loyalty. Be be a bit more loyal, 12s. Give this guy a chance. He stepped up when he needed to, got his, his fingertips on a couple of uh, passes. I was happy to see 21 do his thing. Yeah, and people forget, first of all, he was a converted safety and started for this football team for two seasons. Okay, yeah. yes, he's had a couple rough games to start this year, but it was great to see him get a couple passes to defend, give up nothing over the top, do everything uh, the coaching staff was asking him to do. So it's a great confidence builder to help depth in that secondary. Man, the Hawks shut the run down, holding the 49ers to 52 yards rushing, just 2.4 yards to carry. Yes, they were banged up. Uh, Wilson wasn't there. Um, they had McKinnon back there and Hasey, the, the rookie. But every running back seems to produce in this offense. So good for the Hawks, controlling the run game and making it, making it, make, making Jimmy have to make plays. And at the end, Jimmy didn't make too many plays. It was the backup, Nick Mullins, who came in in the fourth quarter and was throwing the ball all across the field. Yeah, if you look at it, Jimmy really struggled. I mean, he, throughout that game, he only had, he went like 11 for 14 or 15. He only threw for under 100 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. And like we said, that was the key to the game. Get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, which they did. Three sacks, eight quarterback hits, and he's going to throw you the ball. He did that one time. So everything we talked about going into the game, it was great to see the guys execute. Man, it was a physical game, too. Dave Wyman said he a physical game with a capital F is what he said. That's the type of game they needed. That's what they got. You never want to see guys get hurt. But Coleman was out, Garoppolo, Kittle, and Pettis. It wasn't even dirty plays. They're just playing football. Cody Barton going around smacking dudes. It was nice to see this defense kind of add something to their identity, which is physicality. Oh, yeah. First play of the game, Quandre Diggs comes down and just knocks somebody out, right? And then you have Bobby Wagner blitzing and doing all that, everything he was doing. Cody Barton run down special teams and knock somebody out. So it's just good to see that pop. And the thing about being at CenturyLink with no fans there, we can hear all of that. And the pads yes. were definitely popping all game for sure.
And we can't forget the offensive line. We just talked to Ray Roberts about them. They had another dominant performance. Yes, Russell got sacked twice, but it seemed like, for the most part, he had time to do what he wants to do. When you see DK run a post comeback, that is a long developing route. That means that O-line is 1-1,000, They're holding this defensive line and creating time for Russell Wilson to work. When I see long developing routes like that, execute flawlessly you got to give love to the big men up front yeah and like I said it's always been a kind of an Achilles heel at least to the people outside this building about our offensive line so it's great to see that the offensive line has now become one of the strengths on this team so they are playing really well keeping Russell upright for the most part and this offense is rolling number one offense in the league number one in the league baby all right let's talk about the guys who were making plays in our playmaker segment touchdown Seahawks playmakers Show them what time it is. Holy catfish. Well, there's only one place to start. And everyone else yep. who I'm going with right here, number three, Russell Wilson. Still just showing he's an MVP talent. He is the MVP of the National Football League at this moment. Uh, he was 27 for 37, 261 yards and four touchdowns. And more importantly, zero interceptions. Russell's balling out. He... Um, it was just great to see him bounce back. And I almost hate to say bounce back as if he played horrifically last week. He didn't. Yeah. He still threw over 300 yards, three touchdowns. He just had a couple turnovers, was on the same page on a couple plays, tried to force some things there. But it was great to see him bounce back and kind of let everyone know, okay, I know you guys are talking a little bit, but I'm still that guy. I'm still that dude. Still that dude. Russell Wilson has 26 touchdowns this season after four Yesterday, the only player in NFL history with more through the first seven games of the season was Tom Brady in 2007 with 27. Is that the year he threw like 50 of those things? Yes, that's the year he, he set the record. So uh, him and Russ were actually tied through six. They both had 22. And then apparently mm-hmm. in week eight in 2007, Brady went off for five. I was hoping at the end of the game when Russ hit Lockett that he was going <laughs> to get to the end and put it across. But still, I mean, four interceptions, 26 touchdowns. I mean, let's be straight, man. That. That's a solid season for most quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers had 26 touchdowns last year, and he's considered one of the best quarterbacks in this league. Russell's playing at a level we've never seen. Yeah, And it seems like every year he adds something to his game. And when you give him the weapons that he has and you allow him to really take control of football games, I think this is what we're going to see. Russell Wilson is also the third player in NFL history to reach 250 touchdown passes in his first nine seasons, joining Peyton Manning and Dan Marino. Hall of Fame. I mean, it's it. If if you're not talking about Russell Wilson going to the Hall of Fame at this point, you're a straight up hater. Russell's one of the best to do it. The best Seahawks quarterback of all time, easily. No, no question about it. Every time we talk about a new stat, a new record that he's breaking, he is only on the list with Hall of Famers. So, I mean, his trajectory is obviously to be in a gold jacket. I mean, his four touchdowns, zero picks yesterday. This was the 10th four touchdown, zero pick game in his career. Only seven other NFL uh, quarterbacks have ever done that, to do, done that 10 times. So, Russell Wilson is, is just balling out, and it's, it's every week, man. We run out of words to describe this, man. He just People need to recognize his greatness and really don't take it for granted, man, because yeah. – Call if you got family in Cleveland, ask them about their their quarterback life. <laughs> you know, if you got if you got family in Cincinnati over the years or Chicago or all these different yeah. cities. So appreciate what we got with number three. Appreciate. Also appreciate this young man, DK Metcalf at 12 receptions, career high, 161 yards, career high, and two touchdowns. This is following Tyler Lockett's performance the week before. It's 
nice when you have options. And with DK and Tyler Lockett, you never know who's going to be the guy to shine. DK, his very first reception was for negative yards. Negative yards and still mm-hmm. bounces back. Gets the offense going with that 10-yard dig that he goes horizontal, gets up, field, gets those knees up. Uh, got a block by Jacob Hollister. A lot of mm-hmm. people aren't talking about that kind of sprung him. DK continues to tear this league up. Well, and it's it's unbelievable. It's everything he can do. Like you said, he adds something different to his game. And then on Sunday, led all receivers in the NFL with yak yards. He had sixty three yards after the catch. And he he'll do he'll do it all. If you come tackle him, he'll stiff arm you to the ground. He'll shake you up and get past you. He'll just muscle through you. So DK is just. I said it a couple weeks ago. He is superstar status at this point. He is yep. he is that dude. He's that talent. I think he's fourth in the league in reception yards. He's in the top ten in touchdowns. And the thing about these guys is... Top 10, he's leading. He's leading. Him and Lockett tied at seven, leading the league. That's wild. So, And, and here's the thing. With those two, it's almost like they, they go in the receiver room and be like, all right, fam, you got it this week. I'll kind of <laughs> chill. Like, this is your week. And then they just go back and forth because, honestly, it seems like they're alternating. And if a defense tries to take away one, the other one's going to go off. Yes, sir. Another playmaker, DJ Dallas, the rookie, got his first start. 18 carries, 41 yards, one touchdown, five receptions, 17 yards, one touchdown. Let's not focus on the yards. Mm-hmm. He put up 14 points in this offense. Your running back is not going to, there aren't going to be many weeks where you're running back. It has over a hundred yards. I don't think we've had one hundred yard rusher yet this year, but you want your running backs to produce. How do they do that? They score touchdowns. However they get it and they get first downs. That's what DJ did. No. And it's like, it's a completely different thing. Last week, he was kind of thrown in the fire into the game. It's another thing to come in and say, hey, you're going to be the guy today. You're going to take all the snaps. you got to be in the playbook, know all the protections, things like that. And there was a, there was a couple of mishaps early in the game, but he made up for it, got a couple touchdowns. So it's, it's good to see him get his feet wet and get that real experience because, as you know, you can never have enough running backs, especially what the Seahawks have gone through last year and this year. But, man – you want to talk about this defense? It starts with number 54, the best linebacker in the NFL, Bobby Wagner. I mean, he wags. 11 tackles, two sacks, four QB hits, three tackles for loss. And Bobby just came with that fire. It was, it was vintage Bobby Wagner, and you could just tell. I mean, he was playing with anger. He was pissed yeah. off, tired of talking, people talking about his defense. He came out there and was just a man possessed. And they let him. They, they, they allowed him to get after the quarterback. They found creative ways for him to get pressure. Bobby's not the type of linebacker who wants to just drop into zones, fight off guards. He want, uh, Granted, he can do that, and he will do that if he's asked to do that, but he wants to get after the quarterback. He wants to be aggressive, and it was nice to see the, the old guy, I guess he is on this defense, really be able to let loose. And you saw the passion in him after mm-hmm. every play. There was passion. There's enthusiasm. You have to play with this game with enthusiasm and passion. And when you have a guy like Bobby Wagner, let him off the leash every now and then. Let him go get the QB. Well, the thing about Bobby Wagner is he, we've gone away from it the last couple of years, but he's probably the best blitzing linebacker in the NFL. It seems like every time you send him on a pressure, he gets home. And here's the other thing, too. If you think you're going to have a running back pick him up in blitz pickup, good night. That's a wrap. That is a, that is a loss every single time. That ball's not coming out in one second. He's going to get there. And you, uh, Ryan Baldinger was breaking this down on his Baldy breakdowns. And he's talked about, like, bowling pins. Because on one yeah. of his second sack, he comes through and literally knocks three guys down, including the left tackle, the running back, gets off the ground, and still gets grappled to the ground. So, Love to see that. Love to see him being active, and I hope we get to see a lot more of that, especially with Jamal Adams coming back. Some things that they can do in the blitz game will definitely help us with that pressure. 
Be aggressive, Ken. Keep being aggressive. Another playmaker, DJ Reed, is first game active with the Seahawks. He has six tackles, two passes defended, and an interception right after a play that we thought was a turnover with the fumble. Ryan Neal touched the ball, but he was out of bounds. Uh, I forgot who, who recovered it. Didn't, ca- didn't count. The next play, DJ Reed, all over George Kittle. George Kittle slips. He gets his hands on the rock. Nice to see DJ. It, it seems... All you have to do is get activated, and you're going to make a play on this defense. Sounds like it. I mean, whether it's Ryan Neal, uh, DJ Reed, it's literally any person that comes up. uh, Stephon Sullivan comes up, makes a play in his first NFL play. (laughs) I mean, it's wild the depth that we've seen because people forget we lost Marquise Blair, which was our starting nickel start the year for the year. We lost Bruce Irvin, which was a starting defensive lineman for us. So we've lost a ton of guys. We've been without Jamal Adams for a long time. We lost Shaquille Griffin. We've been incredibly banged up, so that contributes to some of the numbers we've seen defensively. But it's good to see the depth that these guys are having. Everyone's getting experience, and when their number is called, they're making plays. They're making plays. All right, let's talk about these receivers with the receiver round up. All right, talked about DK, 12-61, two touchdowns, a long of 46, targeted 15 times, so very efficient. Tyler Lockett got going early and then kind of faded away. I don't even want to call it fade away. He just... It just wasn't his day-to-day. He didn't get the targets that DK got. He was still four receptions off of five targets, 33 yards. Demo Swag, all he does is score touchdowns. Three catches, 18 yards, one touchdown, three for three when it comes to targets and receptions. DJ Dallas, five catches, 17 yards, one touchdown. Nick Ballore got into the pass game. Let's go. Nick got a big first down, too. Big first down. That was on that that third drive that got the offense mm-hmm. going. That was a third down as well. He was in for pass pro. The rule is most of the time, if no one blitzes, that running back can release. That's what happened. There wasn't a blitz. He released. Russ picked him up. He got north-south, started to lean forward. Nice when you see Nick Ballore on the stat sheet. Jacob Hollister, one catch, six yards. And Greg Olson, man, he had four targets, but no catches. But I like that he's getting his targets. You got to keep this, the defense is Honest when uh, when they play against the 49ers. Okay, now we're going to go to the coach's corner. This week, Russell Wilson and DK get the offense going with this 46-yard touchdown. As they walk the strong safety up to the line of scrimmage, and he does come. Russ looks, throws back inside, ball is caught. It's Metcalf, who makes one man now, two men miss. 30, 25, 20, turns up field. They don't touch him. Touchdown, Seahawks. How in the world did he tiptoe up the sidelines? Two defenders. Breaking on him, and nobody touched him. And DK Metcalf starts far on the left, comes all the way across the field, and scores from 46 out. The Seahawks are on the board first, 6-0. That was something else. I mean, this is a display of speed and athleticism. Because as I'm watching, once he caught the ball, I was like, once he took two steps, I was like, oh, he might go. He might go, and he just hit the Jets. And once he – I mean, the linebacker who's dropping in his zone – once he doesn't get him as he's coming across the field, I'm like, oh, that's tough now. Because now you have guys that had ran routes up the field. Now they turn into blockers, like you mentioned, Jacob Pollister. So it was a really great play to see. And it just shows how, I mean, DK, when, once he gets on his horse, man, goodbye. And another great throw by Russell Wilson. He led him to the space. And that's what good quarterbacks do. He could have kept him there, set him down so he gets upfield, but no. DK makes the end cut. Russell takes him where the no where no one is. And now that's all this God given ability. He makes one guy miss with a little jazz step, gets around a corner, turn on, turns on the Jets. DK, man, I, I just didn't expect this from this dude. 
I, I knew he was going to be a solid receiver, but like you mentioned earlier, he's turning into a superstar. Like every kid, if you watch football for real, you know who DK Metcalf is. Oh, no question about it. And the thing, too, is like it's changing how he's defended. I mean, the secondary, we were talking with Paul Moore about this last night, is everyone is scared. I mean, they're so scared of his big playability and beating him over the top, whether it's just a go or a deep post or a deep over, that DBs are opening, turning, and running. So now yeah. he can just sit down at 15, boom, find a spot in the zone. So he he's opening everything up, and defenses are scared. they got to know where 14 is at every time. Then you have 16. Now you have, so it's, it's tough on defense, but like you mentioned, DK Metcalf is definitely turning that page to superstar. Now, we actually saw this formation. We did. On Sunday. <laughs> like, actually. The greatest formation. We actually <laughs> saw this. We don't usually see this. What is it, Nas? Here comes the Seahawks offense onto the field and the Vikings defense trudging out there, knowing that one kneel down and the Seahawks are going to wind the clock down and win this one. It's the victory formation on Hawk Talk. Now, we call this segment the victory formation because that means the Seahawks won the ball game. But yeah. as you know, 12s, in almost every game we've played this year, it has come down to a final <laughs> play. So we weren't actually in the victory formation. But on Sunday, the Seahawks had a convincing lead. The Niners came back a little bit towards the end. But once we got that onside kick, we got on the field, got in the victory formation, and Russell Wilson got to take some knees to seal it out. And for the first time all year, when we walked down to our postgame set, it was a nice... Yes. Comfortable walk, nothing to worry about. Game was in hand, so it feels good, man. I just want to thank the Seattle Seahawks for not stressing me the heck out this week. Really appreciate it. You might have, have saved a, a week of my life. I feel like I lose a week of mm -hmm. my life every time these guys play, but this game was all about the defense. Yes, Russell had four touchdowns. We're spoiled. We're used to Russell balling. Yes, DK balled out. We're spoiled. We're used to DK balling, but this defense set the tone early limited the 49ers run game made Jimmy Garoppolo look really average George Kittle the best tight end in the in the game didn't get off I really appreciated the effort by this defense and the scheme drawn up by Ken and Pete Carroll it's just great to see man it just makes you feel comfortable again it's getting you back to what we're used to seeing all this all the yards and all the other stuff that we've seen so much has just been so not what we're, we've been accustomed to under Pete Carroll so it's great to see them get back to what we do for most of the part of the game also Russell Wilson what did DK say the Russell Wilson MVP train is back on track mm -hmm. I agree with you I don't think it was really off but this reminded people like look I'm allowed to have a mediocre game but I'm going to bounce back and toss four touchdowns, be efficient, spread the love. I love seeing Russell Wilson play football, and I love his, again, his demeanor. He's just neutral all day, every day, never too high, never too low, spreads the ball around. Demo got, got a touchdown. DJ got a touchdown. DK got two. It's all love when everyone's getting the rock. No, and it's great, man. It's great when you start a press conference and we can talk about your suit game with DK and coach <laughs> can joke around the most hard at work, man, and showbiz and all that stuff because let me tell you something, man. Winning cures all. And like you said, spreading the love, DK, Tyler Lockett, either one of these dudes can go off at any given time. And I just want to remind everybody to find complete Seahawks coverage on 710 ESPN Seattle, the 710 ESPN Seattle app, or at 710sports.com. 710 ESPN, the voice of Seattle sports. Bump, own the NFC West. Big-time division win. Big-time division win. They are 1-1 one one in the division. The, what, the Cardinals are 2-0? Oh, but it's all good. You're going to see them again in a few weeks and make that right. 
The Hawks get it done. They beat the 49ers 37-227 at CenturyLink. They're going to the East next week against the Buffalo Bills. Let's get them to 7-0. I'm Michael Bompas. That's Nash Chobie. This was Hawk Talk Recap. Talk to you guys soon.